0: y'all welcome. Welcome back to RUF. Man, it's good to be back, isn't it? How are y'all doing? Alright, alright, alright. Um, well, this semester we are starting a sermon series in Acts. Last semester we covered Mark, the Gospel of Mark. And the reason we're doing that is because as we... well, that's a lot of feedback, right? As yeah, we looked you. at the Gospel of Mark um, and the story of the good news of Jesus... We we thought a lot about what does it mean to follow Christ? What does it mean if Jesus is who he says that he is? And Luke, what he does in Acts is he shows us, okay, when people believe this God, when people believe in Christ, what do they do? And what kind of power do they have to go out into the world? Are they alone? Or is God with them? And so that's what we're looking at this semester in Acts. It's a sermon series called Loving by Doing. What do we do with the love that God has poured into us? What do we do with that? Um, so, just a quick little bit of background here. Acts was written by Luke, who was probably a companion of the Apostle Paul, written probably around 80 70. Uh, it's about the history of the early church as it spread from Jerusalem to the rest of the world. And Luke's introduction here, as we're going to look at in a few minutes, really emphasizes the unity between the story of the gospel and the action that's done in the mission of the church. So, that's just a little bit of brief background for you. Let's begin. Uh, I was reading recently, not that I read this very often, but I was reading recently uh, in Teen Hollywood. (laughs) No one expected that, I know. Uh, (laughs) Teen Hollywood, uh, a few years ago, had an article um, where there was an interview with Beyonce, and uh, she was, yeah, this is me, I read this stuff. (laughs) This is the depths I'll go to get a story. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless. Shameless. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they had an interview a few years ago with Beyonce, and they were asking her, like, Beyonce, what was it like when you were kind of on your rise to fame, like before you were married to Jay Z and like could like release records without any kind of announcements? You just like Instagram it. Like, what was it like when you were like on your way to the top? And she told a story. She said that. Like she was in Destiny's Child. This is back in the Destiny's Child days. Uh, she, I'm chronologically giving you Destiny, like Beyonce's career, uh, <laughs> but she was in Destiny's Child, and they had just kind of started to like pick up some momentum and get steam. And she said that like she it was still at that point where she could go in public places and like people wouldn't recognize her. And so she was uh, at the mall. She's like 18. She's at the mall with her mom and her dad. And they go to a record store. And they're kind of hanging out. And her mom is talking to her. And Beyonce is flipping through CDs. And she looks across the way. And there's just like really cute guys like over there. And they're kind of noticing her. And she's noticing them. And uh, she's trying to act like, you know, like I'm not like into you. But she's trying to also get the vibe too. You know what you do girls. (laughs) And, uh, And her mom is talking to her the whole time. And then out of the blue her Destiny's Child song starts playing on the loudspeaker. So, like, what do you do when you're talking to your mom, you're, like, flipping through records, like, are giving you the vibe, and your Top 40 hit is coming on the radio. Like, she had another option. She started to sing along to the music and, like, dance the music video out. And, <laughs> and her mom, without missing a beat as she's talking to her, just turns around and slaps her in the face. <laughs> yeah, I'm not... I'm not advocating that. (laughs) She slaps him in the face and says, no child of mine is going to do that. Act like I raised you right. Don't act so arrogantly. Uh, And I'm not advocating that, obviously. But what that made me think of was what the gospel calls us to do, what the Bible calls us to do, is to be who we are. To act like the people that we are right now. And if you're God's children, then act that way, right? take your power, take your privilege, take your knowledge and get on your knees and serve people. Because to be someone's child is to look and act like your parent. And if God is your father, then do unto others as he has done unto you. Be holy as he is holy. Be loving as he is loving. Our problem is this that we don't we usually know where to start. It's easy for us to do missional things. No, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get really caught up in serving the community. I'm going to get really caught up in serving Chapel Hill or UNC. It's easy to go out on kind of those crusades, but it can be difficult to know why. And the why is really the beginning of mission. We can do the wrong things for the wrong reason. We can do the right things for the wrong reason. But you need to know the why to start you out. You know, I never presume that all of us here are on the same page about spiritual truth. But as God's people, what we need to know is who we are. Because from that will flow what we do. So tonight we're going to talk about three things. We're going to talk about the why of mission, the what of mission, and the how of mission. The why, the what, and the how. So let me read Acts 1-8 through and we'll get started. This is Luke writing. In the first book, Luke's Gospel of Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. Until the day when he was taken up, after giving commands to the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, to them he presented himself alive after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, "You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now." So when they had come together, they asked him, the "Lord." Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know time or seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Let's pray. Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts would be acceptable in your sight. God, I pray that you would be with us tonight, that you would move through your scripture. God, that you would help us to know who we are, that more than anything we would know your love, and the love of your son, and that love transforms us. God, that's the, that love makes us your children. And I pray that you would move in us tonight, I pray you would be with us tonight, I pray you would comfort us. I know there's some people here who have had a hard break, and they come back and they feel like they have to say they had a good one. And Lord, I know there's some people who have had a great break and they're just excited to be. And, Lord, we're thankful for all these people. And, God, I pray that you meet all of us wherever we are. In your name we pray. Amen. So, ladies, before I even get to this first point, let me say this. I know that I say this as a man, so I think that I may know, but I know that I really don't know. Uh, Not really. But before... I sound like an episode of the real world. Uh, But... You all have a tremendous amount of pressure coming in from, on you from all sides. From advertisers telling you you have the perfect body, from home and from school telling you, you know, you got to make the grade, from social media telling you, like, you better do that Pinterest project that you've been putting off, uh, or have a really diverse set of super fun, super hot, super independent, super bright women around you all the time. Because if you can't do everything, if you can't be everything, then you're really nothing. And that's a lie. I don't want to say that's a lie from the start. But I know that as I come in here and I start a sermon series on mission and service, that I'm pushing a lot of those same buttons of performance and fear and worry that you're not good enough. I know I say that in some ways to everyone, but I know especially I say that to a lot of the ladies here. Um, So I want to say from the very get-go, like, the gospel and I hope that RUF is a place where you can have a sense of rest and that you are loved accepted and known apart from Pinterest projects and a runner's body and how good your grades are but you are loved and you are known through Jesus and his work. So I want to say that that is the start of our mission um, especially as we like advocate to push to do good things like community groups or serve with table like the start of this mission is God's love for you apart from any um, so, that's it. Let me suggest that some of the things that can drive the good things in our lives, the things that we do that are really good, like community groups, like serving with table, things like that, is, is generally fear. And that's the fear of missing out. It's the fear of not being good enough. It's the fear of not measuring up to everyone else, and so I'm left out. And what you need to know is that those good things, in the midst of all that, what you need to know is that you don't need another good thing. What you need is not another thing. Christianity is not about adding another thing to your to-do list. But what you need is a person. And that's the person of Jesus. And you need to receive his love and his assurance that, you know, runner's body or no? Are you learning a foreign language? No. Are you traveling to exotic locales? Are you serving in childhood literacy programs? Yes or no? You have God's love. And he doesn't judge you based on those things. And your mission, first and foremost, man or woman here, is that in God's eyes, is not to do, but to become. Because mission, and I want to say it's the start, the very first sermon in Acts, mission is about transformation. And that does involve doing things like reading the Bible, or prayer, or service, or sharing the gospel. But those things are not the ends in themselves. They're the means to the end of being with Jesus, and becoming like Jesus. And my hope for all of y'all is that one day when you are old and you are gray and you, are just, you just sit in your chair and you watch Wheel of Fortune, that, <laughs> hey man, my great uh, that people who knew you would say, this is a person who is very holy, and this is a person who is very loving, and this is a person who is very wise. And I feel like when I'm around him or when I hear her talk, I feel like I'm in the presence of Jesus, that this person knows God. And to see that person serve is to get a picture of God's work with his people. That is my hope for y'all one day. And that is the work of RUF here on the campus. We're here, for, we're here for a work that goes on for 40, 50, 60 years. So that's what it means to be one of God's people. And think of that as a lead up from Mark's gospel. So here we go. Look at verse 1 here with began. Luke is super conscious here. But what he is writing is a record of the continuation of Jesus' ministry. Luke is saying that everything we're going to study in Acts is not done apart from Jesus' work. It's a continuation of it. And the things that Jesus did, the words that he said, are the force that move us in the mission. But more than his words, it's him who moves us. He is still at work with his people. He is still at work with his people. Look also at the way that the first few verses are centered around the events that have come right before this, Right? Why is that? Because Christianity is about history. Look at verse 3 right here. He presented himself alive after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days, and speaking about the kingdom of God. And whether you're reading Luke's gospel or Acts the Apostles, you have to be impressed with the fact that Luke is very consciously writing history. In his gospel he puts names, places, dates to the events that happen. And Acts he does the same thing. And I say that because sometimes we're told that the early church is not really that concerned with history. They're interested in creating kind of their own brand of faith. Back in the day, there were lots of competing Christianities, and the one that we're part of now is the one that kind of won out. However, let me just suggest this, that if your faith is supposed to be based on history, then you have tons of interest in history. In one of his letters, the Apostle Paul says, you know, let's just get down to brass tacks, you know? If Christ has not been raised from the dead then what we preach is in vain, and your faith is in vain. If this isn't reliable history, then what are we doing here? Like, let's go sell car insurance and watch How I Met Your Mother and like, be done with it, right? (laughs) But Luke is very conscious that Acts is is much more about the fact that the news is too good to ignore. That this is real, this is true, that God has broken into history because a real man with a real body has really died for sinners. And that's the good news of Acts. And if that's true, if that's the story that the Bible tells, and the story that we're trying to live out here in our UF through community groups, and through prayer groups, and through public worship, then that's not just for us on our own. It's not just for the people in this room. But that's for everybody. Christianity is for everybody. The Bible is for everybody. And because this work is based on the work that Jesus began, and is continuing to do, you can't judge who's going to take it and who won't take it. You just have to give it away, right? Because here's the logic of mission. In the birth, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus, the true meaning of history has been revealed to us. This isn't just truth for me on my own. This is public truth. It's universal like the laws of gravity or the color of the sky. It can't be private opinion, right? If it was just opinion, it's just opinion. But if it's truth, then it's true. And we share that with people by talking to them or inviting them into RUF. We give them the opportunity to know the truth about themselves and to know who they are because they can know the true story that we're all a part of. And, y'all, that's a good gift. That's a really good gift. What if, as you struggle with figuring out what your career is going to be, or you struggle with figuring out, like, what kind of person am I going to marry? What if somebody could come alongside of you and help you to figure that out and help you know yourself? And know this larger story that you're in. So you can figure out, oh, do- oh it would be a good idea for me to be a doctor. This makes sense for me. Oh, it would be a good idea for me to marry this person and not that person. That makes sense for me. Would that be a gift that would be given to you if someone did that? It's the same way to offer someone else Christianity. You see, to be let into the truth and to become a part of that truth means that you're put in the same place as the apostles right here. That you are part of the words and the deeds that Jesus began and continued to do, right? That means that all of our stories and our parents' stories and the story of UNC and the story of North Carolina are each just part of this big story that Jesus is telling and that he's redeeming, that he's working in the world. Okay, so if that's the why, then what's the what? What's our goal? Look back here at verse 3. When Jesus appears to these people after 40 40 days after his resurrection, what does he tell them about? What does he tell them about? He speaks to them about the kingdom of God. And the vision of God's kingdom is that all people everywhere would know him. What he desires is that we would not be strangers or aliens, but we would come close and we would know God as his children. He desires for people of every language and race and culture to come to him. And that desire is not just for people of Western civilization or for white people, for some black people, for Asian people. It's for everyone for Arabs, for Indians, for all the peoples, God doesn't discriminate. He doesn't discriminate based on language or race or culture. And God's mission is that He became a man and He died on a cross so that all of these people, in spite of their race or their language or a history of ethnic conflict, would be reconciled to Him and in Him would be reconciled to one another. And that is a beautiful thing. And that is what our mission is about. And that's what RUF is about that we're here to reach everyone, regardless of color, or race, or sexual orientation. All the students, we're here for all of you, to serve you, and to help you learn how to serve. Okay, so how do we go about this mission? Look at verses 4 and 5, and then 8 here. And while staying within, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You know, there's a lot that we can say about the Holy Spirit. I know that when I talk about the Holy Spirit, that may freak some of you all out. Uh, But as we go through Acts, he comes up a lot more. So we're going to have to say more. But for right now, at the very beginning... What does it mean that as Jesus leaves his disciples, he gives them the Holy Spirit? Like, isn't that a little weird that, like, Jesus' plan A is I'm going to die and rise from the dead, and now I'm going to leave you, and I'm going to go be be with my Father, and I'm going to send you this other person, the Holy Spirit. First and foremost, the Holy Spirit means that you are not alone, and you are not powerless. And the same God that has loved you and given himself for you is still with you. And he has been with his church for 2,000 years. That is why the beginning of missions is not an action of ours, but it's the presence of this new reality. It's the presence of the Spirit with its people. It's the presence of God in power. And some of y'all need to hear that because for some of y'all, RUF is like your only lifeline to like a Christian community. That you spend so much of your time, and in a wonderful way, With people who don't believe the Bible, who don't believe about Jesus in the same ways that you do. And that's a great thing. That's you being a light among the world, and yet at the same time, you feel how hard that is. And it's so good for you to come in here and worship with us. And it's so good for you to come in here and be with other Christians. And what you need to know is that the Holy Spirit is with you, and God has not forgotten about you when you're out, and you don't see any other Christians in that classroom. Or when you're volunteering with a music program or an arts program and you're the only Christian there. Like, you need to know that God is with you in that. And that he has given you power to love people. And power to speak the truth. And that is a good thing. And others of y'all spend so much time with Christians that you need to, sit to read here... Uh, the way that Jesus talks about how he will send his disciples and his apostles out from Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You need to know that part of the Holy Spirit's work is to push you out to places where the gospel hasn't gone and to be with people who don't know the Lord. And that's a good thing. And you don't have to be afraid of that because God is with you and he has not forgotten you. And he gives you strength to move and he gives you strength to go out. Because the Holy Spirit, at the end of the day, is not about, like, showing you the future. He is not about giving you Jedi mind powers. But what he is about, (laughs) is sometimes I think we think, what he is about is that, is telling you who God is and what he's like. And his mission is that you would know God's love deep down in the very center of who you are and that he would help you show that to other people. Like we talked about in our call to worship, that you would be a light on the hill. And where does that light come from? But from God. Otherwise, your mission will always be about you and getting people to love you and having people follow your plan and your goals. It will never be about God and His work if you do it apart from God. Our hearts will twist everything. My heart certainly is the bed for every sin. And apart from God's work, I will use you. And I will use the people around me. But through the Holy Spirit telling us who he is, what he calls us to do, we can move with genuine love into people's lives. And that's a beautiful thing. Here, I'll end with this. This past December, I went to REF train in Dallas, and the last day of train, we heard from an older pastor, a man named Skip Ryan. And only a few years ago, Skip was the head of one of the largest churches in the Dallas area. I don't know if you know that much about like Dallas, Texas, but like Think of Dallas, Texas as, like, the really big, obnoxious, like, rodeo cowboy belt buckle on the Bible Belt. Like, it is, like, boom. Like, everybody there is a Christian or talks about Christianity. Like, there's a hundred megachurches. Like, but Skip Ryan was this hugely successful pastor there. So, like, big fish in a very big pond. Like, big deal guy. Until a few years ago, and this is not, like, private news or anything like that. Skip and his wife made a video about this and sent it out to churches and their friends and family. So everybody knows about this. But a few years ago, Skip became addicted to pain pills. And how that kind of came out was that one day Skip was visiting a member of his church in a rehab clinic, and he met one of the counselors there. And Skip was kind of talking to him for a minute, and the guy said, you know, you're a minister, right? And Skip answered him and said, yeah. And then they asked him, well, what God do you serve? And Skip said, well, I'm a Christian minister. I serve the God of the Bible. And the man, who I guess was just a super experienced counselor, just fired back at me and he said, no, you don't. Your God is drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and Skip straight up that minute, like, just put everything down and checked himself into rehab. He, never, he didn't leave for six weeks after that. Um, and so we were at this staff training and Skip was talking about this kind of ordeal and the ups and the downs that he'd been through. And as he was there, he was talking about how one of the gods that he had served was pre- prescription painkillers. But he also talked about how there were a tons of other gods in his life, tons of other idols that he served. And they had names like work and success and feeling accomplished and checking things off a list. And at the heart of these things, the heart of this man who been an incredibly successful Christian pastor, was the understanding that, was a misunderstanding of God's mission. Because what was driving him was the sense that he had to bust it to run this big organization, to be a part of all these people's lives, to do all these things, to advance the kingdom. But what he forgot was that God did not ask him to go out and to be God for other people. And we could forget that same thing, too. And in our training, as Skip was kind of wrapping things up in a Q&A, somebody asked him, you know, what is, like, the most important thing you've learned in your entire experience as a pastor? Like, this guy's been a Christian longer than I've been alive. I think he's been a pastor longer than I've been alive. And Skip answered, just without even missing a beat, that there is no more important calling than to know that I am loved. More than caring for the homeless, more than feeding hungry school children, more than being part of a Bible study. All those things are good, and they're part of receiving God's love. And they're part of being transformed in the image of Christ. But at the heart of those things, what you need to know is that you are loved. That God does not just like sinners, but He loves sinners. And that's what moves us in mission. And that's not an excuse for us to make it about ourselves. That's a really real acknowledgement that you know, my effort is unsustainable. My power is not what's going to accomplish this thing. It is only the power of the God of the universe who raised his son from the dead that is going to make our mission effective, that is going to make our prayers effective, that is going to make the truth that you speak into your friend's life effective. You know, Jesus, as he was on his way to the cross, said, Where I am, there my servant shall be also. And mission always starts with what God has done, and then he invites us to follow after him. That we would be where he is. And if you are, know that you are someone who's been called and loved by the Lord, then go and be where he is. And go and be involved in your friends' lives. And go and be involved in your fraternity and your sorority. Be involved in a Bible study. Be involved in the life of somebody who is super depressed. And someone who has an eating disorder. And someone who just is an awesome person but just doesn't know the Lord. Be involved in these people's lives and go where He is. Because that's where He is. That's where God is on UNC's campus, is with those people. Loving them, seeking to bring them into His kingdom. And that's what you're a part of. And that's what REF is a part of. We're all still just beginning to deal with what Jesus has begun to do and to teach here. And my prayer for us is that we would learn His love. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the love that you work in our lives. Thank you for the mission that you call us to. Lord, and our mission is not about doing and doing and doing. Our mission is about knowing you and being loved by you and being transformed by that love. And God, we know that apart from your work, that the Bible is just a book. That all ways in which we serve other people are just ways. But Lord, we know that through you scales fall off our eyes and we read your word, and it impacts our heart. And Lord, that through you, people's lives are really changed, not just in the here and the now, but eternally. And that is a good thing, and God, thank you that we're a part of that. And Lord, I pray that as we think about mission this semester, and all the ways in which that can push our buttons for performance, for writing a Christian resume, Lord, I pray that we would gain a sense of rest, and a sense of trust, that you have done the work of salvation that you have worked in our lives and that we are part of your kingdom and that you love us as your children. Would you make that happen? Would you love us in that way? I pray that you would. In your name we pray, amen.